Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. turn in your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of John, and uh, because we had a different uh, format in in Sunday school this morning, we had uh, Brother uh, Leon uh, here from the Gideons to speak to us as a whole group uh, in Sunday school. I thought it would be good for us to uh, have our Sunday school lesson uh, in a preached format this uh, Sunday morning, because we began a new quarter here, uh, March the 5th, and so uh, some of you may have those uh, quarterlies uh, with you, and uh, if you haven't received a quarterly for, for the Sunday school uh, for the next quarter, uh, be sure to see your teacher. Remember that uh, beginning next uh, Sunday, we'll have two ladies' classes, uh, one in the back there with uh, Miss Darlene, and then one over in the, uh, the activity room with uh, Miss Carol, and of course the men also meet here on Sunday morning at 9.30. And if you haven't attended Sunday school, you need to attend Sunday school, Bible study at 9.30. And uh, 
have opportunity to fellowship together, to discuss, and to really dig into uh, into the scripture. And so, uh, the uh, the title that uh, I gave to this sermon today was "Our Lord Jesus Christ is Honored and Worshipped by People Who Love Him." And uh, the passage, uh, although it comes from John chapter twelve, verses one through eleven, there is also an account over in the Gospel of Mark, which gives us a little extra information uh, regarding what uh, occurred during this very special uh, supper that the Lord Jesus Christ was given. The, uh, in the Sunday School Quarterly, uh, they organized it into uh, three, uh, three different parts. Uh, the first is honored, and so then that's discussed, and then questioned, and that's discussed, and then division. And so as I was looking at it, I gave it a few uh, other uh, uh, parts here, and so hopefully we'll have enough time to get through all of these. But uh, let's uh, begin in uh, John chapter 12 and verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for three hundred denarii? and given to the poor. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this day, or she has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Let's pray, please. Our Father in God, as we study your word today, we pray that you be our teacher, through God the Holy Spirit, to the honor and to the glory of the Lord Jesus and to the benefit of your people, your church. We pray that our hearts will be open and ready to receive your truth. And then, Lord, for anyone here today who doesn't know the Lord Jesus, the Savior, we pray that they will give their heart their life to him today. We thank you, Lord, for your word, your heavenly love letter written to the human race, that describes your love for us, that describes your desire for us to have a relationship with you. And so we pray, Lord, as we study today, that our, our understanding will be illuminated by your word and by your Holy Spirit. And we give thanks and pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so, you'll recall in our lesson last week, we looked at the, uh, 
the event where Jesus raised Lazarus uh, from the dead and some time had passed. And, and so before the Passover, they, uh, they come to, to Bethany. And that's where Lazarus and his, his sisters and Mary and Martha lived as well as uh, some other folks. And so when you read this passage, you think that maybe they were in the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. But actually, over in Mark, it tells us that this supper took place in the home of Simon, a leper, who just happened to be the father of Judas Iscariot. Okay? And you say, well, that's, a, that's kind of interesting. But um, notice in verse 4, right here where it says, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, you notice that? And sometimes when we read, we just kind of read right over stuff and we don't realize. You see, they pointed that out because they were in Simon's home. And so Judas, you know, that's his home, that's his dad's home. So he uh, felt it necessary to speak up, so to speak, because he was important in that home. Well, before the Passover, what's significant about that is Passover was one of the annual holy days that the Jewish people celebrated and had been celebrating all the way back to the time of Moses and the children of Israel when they were in Egypt. And the Passover was when they were required to take a lamb without spot and without blemish, a year old, to sacrifice it, to then take that blood and to place the blood on the lintel, that is that cross member there in the doorway, and upon the doorposts. And when the angel of death came through the camp, wherever the blood was, they were passed over. Hence the names of Passover. And so people from all over, all over Israel and all over the Middle East, actually, who were of uh, Jewish culture, they came to celebrate Passover. And so there were many, many people present. Now Lazarus, together with his sisters Mary and Martha, also attended the dinner. And the Bible tells us that the disciples were there and many other people came because they were curious about both Jesus and Lazarus. Many wanted to see this man Lazarus who had been raised from the dead. And so, as the scripture reveals, inner motives are revealed by our outward actions. Now, sometimes the outward actions are not true. Such was the case with, with uh, Judas. But notice that Lazarus was there, and he was also honored at this dinner. He had personally experienced the transforming power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are a Christian, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, then you too, like Lazarus, have experienced personally the transforming power of the Lord Jesus in your life. I like listening to Brother Raven this morning as he talked about how he was transformed from a disobedient child into an obedient child. He said, you know, before uh, knowing Christ as his Savior, he was a terrible student in school, failing his classes, 
not doing his homework, disobedient to his mom, getting into fights, and all kinds of other things. But around 10, he came to know Jesus as his Savior. He said when he learned that, that he would escape hell and get to go to heaven if he accepted Jesus as his Savior, it wasn't a difficult decision to make. And he accepted the Lord, and the Lord transformed his life. And you know, that little boy grew up to become a surgeon. A surgeon. Saving lives in the operating room. Jesus has the power to transform a life. And to make that life a life that benefits the kingdom of God and humanity. Well, Martha was there also. And she, of course, was her usual busy self. You'll recall that uh, uh, on one occasion when Jesus was there visiting at their home, Martha was busy. She was, you know, involved in the work, and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus as he was doing a little Bible study. And she came along and she said, Lord, <laughs> tell her to get up and help me. <laughs> right? But he said, no. She's chosen the better part. Then Mary. We read that Mary took this, this perfume. Now, Judah says it could have been sold for 300 denarii. Well, that is equal to about a, a year's wages. Because the average wage was one denarius per day. And so on average, the Jewish folks would work five to six days a week because they would always rest on the Sabbath. And then also on the holy days, and sometimes there are holy weeks. And so about 300 days, 300 days worth of wages or a full year's wages. If you put that into today's um, you know, average wage, my goodness, that would be a very costly sum. She saved this, and she demonstrated her devotion, her gratitude for the Lord raising her brother, and humility and love. And notice that when she broke open that, that uh, bottle of perfume, and over in Mark it says that she also poured it on his head, both his head and upon his feet. And in humility she... she let down her hair. Now what's significant about that is that in that period of time, the Jewish woman would not let her hair down in public. She would, she would keep it in place. Because over in the Bible it teaches that a woman's hair is her glory. Stop for a moment and think about that. God has given glory to women in their hair. It is their glory. And oh, what women do with their hair these days. <laughs> but she let down her hair and in humble devotion she wiped the feet of her Lord and Savior. So what, 
What influence does it have? Well, the fragrance of her life and the fragrance of her devotion, you see, was both smelled and felt throughout that entire home. Ah, but there's always a stick in the mud, isn't there? There's always a stick in the mud. Judas, he reveals his disingenuous and dishonest heart. He didn't care about the poor. He didn't care about the poor. And I've said this many times before. It's easy to give a million dollars when you have a hundred million in the bank. Is it? I mean, it's still a million. It's still a million, yes. But when you've got a hundred million or you've got a thousand million, which is a billion, it's quite easy to give one of those away. Just last night, uh, our son was sharing with me, he said, have you heard about this, this uh, company? And you'd never think that this would happen in the United States of America. I guess they're, they're uh, located in the East Coast, but they have factories all across America. They employ kids 12 and 13 years old. 12 and 13 years old. Hundreds and thousands of them. And they work a night shift from 9 at night to early in the morning. Cleaning of all things. Cleaning the, the equipment in meat packing uh, factories and warehouses. And this became known because several of those kids, kids, lost limbs because they were, they were cleaning blades that are used to cut the beef and the pork, etc. And tragically, one kid was decapitated. But if that isn't bad enough, this has been going on for years because you see, it's a billion dollar company and they get fined something like $1.2 million. They passed on that, right? They, they pay the fine $1.2 million, but they passed on to their shareholders something like $250,000 in, uh, $250 million, get that right, $250 million dollars in profits in this past year. So you see, to pay a, a fine, they just pay the fine. Somebody ought to go to jail for that. Well, Judas tells us that he stood up and he said, well, that, that, that should have been, been sold and the money given to the poor. Oh, that sounds so, so caring. And you hear, that, uh, you hear that on the news. But Judas was also the treasurer. Did you know that? Judas was the treasurer. He was the treasurer of the group. <laughs> and from time to time, he would pilfer funds from the bank. His concern was 
he was going to lose out. <laughs> yeah. And isn't it also tragic that as time went on, Judas betrays Jesus, and what does he betray him for? 30 pieces of silver. Money is not the root of all evil. People often misquote that. The Bible says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Jesus himself said, the Father knows what things you need of. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these other things will be added unto you as well. Well, there were other people there in attendance. And they received, or they revealed their short-sightedness because the Bible tells us that after Judas mentioned this about, you know, that this should have been sold, that other people began to, to, to question Mary's dramatic display of devotion, looking at it as a waste. Now notice, our Lord Jesus Christ sets the record straight. Jesus sets the record straight, and the day is coming. The day is coming when the record will be set straight. An old southern preacher, R.G. Lee, used to preach a sermon called Payday Someday. Payday Someday. That day is coming. Notice what he says. He says, let her alone or leave her be. Stop bothering her. Stop harassing her. Jesus is our defender. The Bible says that we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Notice he goes on to say, She has kept this for the day of my burial. God's will. Was God's will for him to come into this world and to go to that cross to pay the penalty for our sin? And because of the, the period of time, remember that Jesus was crucified during Passover week because he is the Passover lamb for the entire human race. You see what happened way back in Egypt with the Israelites, the Hebrews, that was a foreshadow of the ultimate sacrifice that would come. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world without spot and without blemish, he would go to that cross. And there would be some rushing there. You'll recall that Joseph of Arimathea went to Pilate and asked for the body of the Lord Jesus Christ to be given to him. And the Bible says that, that his burial was with the rich. And Joseph of Arimathea was a rich man. He was a wealthy man. He was a leader. And he was granted the body of Jesus and he he placed the body of Jesus in his own tomb. And so, here she's preparing the Lord's body for his burial. And then notice, and this is a direct quote from Mark chapter 14, verses 6 through 9. Assuredly, Jesus speaking, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached, in the whole world, and notice that Jesus expects the gospel to be preached throughout the world. 
that wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. What an honor. What an honor. Here she saves for a whole year. She breaks this, this perfume and, and places it upon the Lord's body, wipes his feet with her hair, and he says, wherever the gospel is preached, this will also be preached and will be shared as a memorial to her. And look at we're here today preaching and recognizing, acknowledging what she did. It's a lesson for us, a tremendous lesson. Nothing that we do for the Lord will ever be overlooked by the Lord. The Lord is aware of it. Everything, even, he says, the giving of a cup of cold water to someone else in his name. Now notice what Jesus goes on to say because Judas was complaining and the others were too. He says, the poor you have with you always. Now was he being cold or callous or harsh? No. No. What he was pointing out was that Soon, he was going to be crucified. Soon, he was going to die, be buried. And eventually, he was, going to, he was going to rise up from the dead on the third day, and he was going to ascend back to the Father, and they would not have him in their physical presence. Spiritually, they would have him in the person of God, the Holy Spirit, as we have him, as he is here with us today. But physically... He was going to be gone. But he was also quoting from the book of Deuteronomy, because over in the book of Deuteronomy it says, guess what? There are always going to be poor people. And for many reasons. So what Jesus is saying, you're going to have plenty of opportunity to minister to poor people. You understand? But he also knew Judas's heart, didn't he? Yes, he did. So, many opportunities to, to witness and to minister to, to poor people. And listening to, that, uh, to the testimony of that lady down there in, in New Orleans, how she said that most of the people on the street have certain addictions. They have challenges. And so many of them, the majority of them, live without hope. So many of them believe that, that no one cares, that not even God cares. And that just isn't true. God loves them as much as he loves you. And we are to love them as well. Now, we're just about out of time here. And notice that opposition is revealed among some of the least suspected people. Well, Judas and the others. Jesus' close circle of, of followers, the disciples. And you'll recall that earlier they were the ones who said, get those kids out of here, right? But the chief priests, they're the religious leaders. 
they complain. But here's something else, because the Bible says that they sought to kill Jesus. When they learned that he had raised Lazarus from the dead and that others were believing in him, instead of considering that he just, in fact, might be the Son of God, the Savior, the promised Messiah, no, they get together to do what? To put him to death. It's believed that many of them were Sadducees. Sad, you see. Because they didn't believe in the resurrection. So the idea that Jesus could bring a person back from the dead flew in the face of their theology. Because they, they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in miracles. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in the message of the prophets. Kind of like a lot of people in a lot of churches today. Our God is still in the business of saving people's lives and of healing people and of bringing about miraculous results in the lives of his people and in the lives of his churches that actually believe. Amen. But sometimes opposition is found in families and friends and neighbors and co-workers and others. You'd be amazed. Well, let's summarize this. What do we learn from these passages? Worship is both private and corporate, and we are to be engaged in both types of worship. We don't have the right to tell someone else how to worship. We do have the responsibility to point them to Jesus, to tell them that he is the only Savior. There is no other Savior but the Lord Jesus. It has to do with our relationship. You need to be worshiping the Lord in private as well as in a corporate body like the local church. And then secondly, the Lord Jesus Christ is honored when we worship him with genuine devotion, gratitude, humility, and love. The Bible refers to it as the sacrifice of praise. To praise him. To praise him. To sing to him and to lift our voices and to lift our hearts to him. We're living, or we are living, personal witnesses to the transforming power of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. And we're to be out there witnessing and sharing with people. You don't have to know all of the various theological concepts and doctrines of the Bible. Now I encourage you to learn as many as, as, as you're able to. But the most important one is this. You know Jesus as your Savior and what he's done for you. Share him and what he's done in your life with others. And the Lord Jesus is our defender, our advocate. He is our mediator. People are going to criticize you. People are going to reject you. People are going to call you crazy. You're, a, you know, you're one of those looney tunes, born again, out in left field, uh, backwards you know, people that, that actually believe the Bible is true. But Jesus is our defender, and the day is going to come when he sets the record straight. Lastly, the Lord Jesus Christ will honor and vindicate his church, his bride, that is us. And he will be glorified throughout eternity. Over in the book of Revelation, it says that new city, new Jerusalem, doesn't need the sun or the moon. Why? Because the Father and the Son are the light of the city. And we're going to have the glory of the Lord radiating in our lives forever and ever and ever. Well, we're going to sing a hymn of invitation.
The invitation is the invitation that the Lord gives to you to make a decision for Him. Just as the song is entitled, I've decided to follow Jesus. Will you follow Jesus today? Will you give your heart, your life to Him? Maybe it's to join this church. Maybe it's to accept Him as Savior. Maybe it's to come forward for baptism. Maybe it's to rededicate your life. Whatever the case is, you come as we sing. Let's stand, please. pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.